I probably should clarify something I said earlier. I called my two-year-old granddaughter a beast. I've forgotten that the Revelation talks about the beast as being sort of a nasty thing. That's not what I was thinking. I was thinking, I was trying to think of the strongest, most tenacious, animate creature in the universe, and beast was what first came to mind. She's, she's two years old, and since she's been one, her, her, her grip is so strong, when she sees an iPhone, we feel like, we think we have to cut her hand off to finally get her to release her grip. So it was, it was an affectionate way of talking about my granddaughter. I wasn't saying she was the devil herself. Uh, please don't think that. Uh, she is so strong, it's crazy. Uh, let me tell you one other story before we turn the corner to, to some details of what the Lord says. I want, to be, I want to be like Jack. Jack is one of my four-year-old twin grandsons. The, the, uh, the, the, we have uh, my, my daughter and her husband stay in one of our bedrooms, and the kids stay in the other bedrooms. They begin life in their own bedrooms, and somehow, in, over, over the course of the night, by, by around 4.30 in the morning, they're all in bed with their parents. They, uh, except for the little one, she's still in the crib. The beast is in the crib. Um, uh, and, and I think it's quite charming. They don't like it. My, you know, my daughter and her husband don't like it at all. So what they've done is they have, they have promised a nickel anyone who stays in their own bed for the entire night. Now, a nickel, they're, 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 it's the perfect, the perfect prize at the perfect age because the, the, a nickel contains all the hopes and dreams they could ever imagine. It's, when they talk about their nickel, it's all the things they say they can buy with that nickel. So, so but here's, here's the way it goes. For two of, the, two of the three that get in bed with them, they, you, can almost, you can almost feel it. In the middle of the night, they wake up, and they say, Oh, I want to get up, and I want to go in my parents' bedroom, but I can't get the nickel, so they stay. But Jack, Jack wakes up, and he says, Being with my parents, and nickel... I'm going to go be with my parents. And... And every day, his siblings get their nickel. You know, there's sort of this, this little the morning ceremony, the morning nickel ceremony. And Jack knows that most of his hopes and dreams are embodied in that nickel. But not the best of his dreams. The, you see, he, he knows that whatever a nickel could buy, it's not as good as being with mom and dad in the middle of the night. And, and therein, I, I want to be like Jack when I grow up. It's Psalm 73. Oh, thank you. My eyes are now open. Now all those things that, that I, I desired and I wasn't getting, all these anxiety because people, people were getting things that, that I was doing the right thing, they weren't, and... and you know, the, the, the busyness of life, the hardness of life just gets more complicated. And then Psalm 73 turns, and then I entered into sort of the throne room of the king, and everything became clear. When he says, and, and earth has nothing I need other than you. Being with you, earth has nothing that I desire. There's there is that childlikeness that 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 that, that 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 moves toward this summary for all our fears. I am with you. I am with you. So we've talked about the tone. How does Jesus speak to us in the midst of of, of the intensity of life, with beauty, with gentleness, always taking us by surprise by his care and his interest in the things that. That are oppressive for us. What I want to do now is I want to speak about some of the details. What, what does he say? And I'm going to ask you to, to be thinking along with me. What has he said to you? What have you said to other people that has been especially helpful? We'll just 
We'll just go through a list in, in no particular order. But let's, let's start here. Before we, before we do a kind of countdown, what, what are we aiming for? What, what's happening on this walk? Maybe put it this way. Sometimes it's helpful when we're struggling with something to pose the opposite. What's the opposite of, of fear? Now, this, this isn't a trick question. There's not a, it's not a right or wrong answer. You can, have, you can have all kinds of different answers. Let me just pose. I'm thinking probably of four of them, but I'll pose especially two of them. Faith is the opposite of fear. That's what we're aspiring to. Uh, and then it raises the question, what does it mean to be people of faith? So... So fill in the blanks on that one. What's the opposite of anxieties and being, being overly burdened by the busyness of life uh, and where the, where, the, where the gunny sack seems to be accumulating things, weighing us down rather than, rather than being lighter? What, what does it look like? What does it feel like? What, what is this thing called faith? Let me just give you a couple different thoughts. Faith is simply saying, I need Jesus. There are are things that I cannot do myself. I need Jesus. I rest in another. So, in the midst of the swirl of anxieties, to wake up in the morning and simply say, out loud, perhaps even to another human being, I need need Jesus. What are you doing? You're giving the map. This is, okay, I'm overwhelmed with life right now. This is the direction that I'm going. I want to be a person growing in faith, growing in neediness. There are other ways we could talk about faith as well. Faith in in scripture, it's, there, there there are at least a few different ways of looking at it. One is, you either have faith or you don't have faith. Your, your faith is in Christ or your faith is not in Christ. It's binary. It's, it's either or. But the other way of talking about faith is not so much either or. It's, it's more or less. You have more faith. You have less faith. The opposite of fear is that we want to grow in faith. Here's a, here's a, here's a kind of picture for it. Faith is... I think John Calvin uses this particular image. Faith are kind of spectacles that allow us to see spiritual realities more clearly. That's what we want to do. Psalm 46 talks about this turbulent world, the mountains, as if they're falling into the heart of the sea. But there is this place where God is present, I am with you, that is utterly secure. That's, that's the psalm. It's one of these beautiful psalms. The, the illustration, an illustration of that particular psalm is Matthew 8. Here is the storm. It's like the mountains are falling into the heart of the sea, and everybody is completely freaking out. And Jesus is in the back of the boat. You know the story. And, and then he, he speaks to the ocean, to the, to the sea, and... And it's all of a sudden they recognize who does this, who speaks to creation and it does his bidding and they realize the creator God is actually in the boat with them. Now, here's the nature of our faith. At that moment, it was very sharp. <laughs> who was Jesus? He was, he was, he was the rabbi who was, who was sleeping in the back of the boat and they were on their own and they were going to die. He, he says a word and all of a sudden... Everybody's, everybody's vision became 2020 for the moment. Here is, here, here is the creator God of the universe. Faith is, I want to see more clearly. I want to see reality clearly. Hebrews chapter 11 uses this particular analogy. By faith, you see creation but you, can see, you have eyes to be able to sense, in a sense, see through creation 
to on to the creator. That's faith. Faith is you see creation, but you see who stands behind the creation. You see how it is an expression of his majesty and his character. And, and, and it is an expression of the vitality of everything connected to our God. Faith is a way of seeing. You see, it gives us a way to pray. Here's here are these anxieties of life that we're hoping to, to somehow cast off. Well, one of the ways we do that is, is we see the road more vividly than we do presently. Here's a passage. I'll, let me read you this from the Old Testament. It's, it's another passage you know, but it's a, it's a doozy. This is Second Kings chapter 6, 15 and following. It's, it's a story of Elisha and, and his servant. Uh, Elisha was given, was, was, was given knowledge by the Spirit about what an enemy king was doing. The enemy king found out that Elisha was somehow doing these things. And he, he sets his armies off to surround Elisha and his servant. Second, King, Second Kings six fifteen and following. When the servant of the man of God, a servant of Elisha, got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid. <laughs> it's, don't be afraid. Stop being so afraid. Where's your faith? It's no problem. Elisha's been for these walks, apparently, and... And there's a certain coolness. And in the midst of Elisha's walks with God, somehow his vision has been, has been improved. And he says this, don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed, remember? Lord, open his eyes. Open his eyes. So that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. The army of the Lord of hosts, who had been with them, was now visible to them. And everything changes. What's, what's our task? These anxieties that, that seem to breed and accumulate and the weights intensify. We want to, we want to grow in childlike faith. It sees reality more clearly. Faith would be, would be part of our destination. Uh, the second word would be hope. Fear is, fear is telling a story about the future. Fear is saying that things are going to go bad. And, and I'm confident of, of such things. Hope tells a very realistic story. It, it's familiar with the hardships of life, but is a, it is a story that, that ends well. I can remember the first time I, I saw the Shakespeare play, Much Ado About Nothing. And it was, it, it, it won't go through the details of the play, probably a lot of you know it. It, it, it it's, it's got all this intrigue and, and people are being fooled and people are ready to die and, 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 and people who should be together, they're, they're being broken up and every, all, everything is falling apart and your, your insides are all they're just, you know, you want to you yell and, and get everybody's attention. It's just, uh, the, the stresses of it are overwhelming. And then it ends well. Like, I, guess, I, guess I'm think, I guess I'm thinking all is well that ends well. Uh, everything ends well. Then you see that a second time, and by the way, that's a Shakespearean comedy. A comedy is, is it's all kinds of bad things are happening in the beginning, but it all ends well. And so when, next time you see a Shakespearean comedy, you know, your, your insides aren't roiling, you're, you're, you're not sweating. You're just sort of cool, calm, and collected because you know how it's going to go. You know, you, you know the you, you know the end, and and it's it's a comedy. The tragedy is all these good things happen, but you but 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 you, but you can't tolerate the good things. You're not laughing at the good things because you know something bad 
is going to be at the very end. The Bible uses the, the image of childbirth. What's the opposite of fears and anxieties? Hope is, is the opposite. And, and women in childbirth are somewhat familiar with these things. My wife had a fairly extensive labor. And after around four hours or so of pushing and them pushing again, I, um, there was a book out at that time called How to Be a Pregnant Father. And I didn't buy it. Um, and I should have. Because I said to her, I said, Sherry, is this worth it? Is this worth it? Uh, it's... Yeah, uh, it's, uh, it, it, I was I, I was being sympathetic for my wife. My wife was suffering. I didn't want her to suffer. Is it? Is this worth it? And she she gave me a look that I still remember to this moment, and, and made it very clear that it was worth it. Yeah. Because she could see the end. And, and by the way, this is before ultrasounds. And, and, and I saw that my wife was getting heavy. And I, I was told there was a baby there. But the baby, the baby, she's, she's a little bit obstinate even today. The baby, whenever I would come close, the baby's moving around. And I, as soon as I put my hand on the, my wife's stomach, the baby would freeze. So, so you have some sympathy for me. I didn't... It's, I didn't have, she's just getting heavier. Uh, but I knew my wife was suffering, so is it worth it? It's, I forget, forget, I, forget the whole illustration. Forget the whole illustration. <laughs> I was trying to redeem it. I, I wasn't, it wasn't working. Um, but uh, my, uh, my second daughter, the one who's living with us right now, she... She was, in, uh, she was in labor. Her daughter, her baby was transverse. And they were going to do a C-section. And as they were doing the C-section, they, they said, do you have any pain? And she said, yes, I do actually have pain. And she had, you know, she had an epidural and there was surgery. And so there was this, there was a, everybody started doing things immediately. This is, we were told, we weren't there. And so they did a few things. And they continued with the procedure and they noticed her foot was shaking. It was, it was wiggling like that, which meant that she had not had enough anesthetic. My daughter, for the, her entire C-section, I don't mean to gross you out, but she was feeling every single thing that was done. Every single thing. I uh, couldn't imagine that. My, my son-in-law was taking pictures of my daughter at that time. And in every picture, she is beaming. She is utterly beaming and, and it, it, the, 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 it was a pain that she has never experienced before or since and she was beaming because 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 she could see what was on the other end of this and it was a small thing given that that there was Adelaide who was on the other side of it the opposite of faith is is practicing to tell a different story. There's your story, the sky's falling, the sky's falling. Um, if you keep telling the story, the sky's falling, at some point you're going you know, to get a little bit of it right. Uh, something bad is going to happen. Here's, here's the story of Scripture. This word hope is so vivid to people who have good reasons to be afraid. The people have good reason to feel overwhelmed with the burdens of life. That the story will end well. That we indeed will be closer and closer and closer. And we will be with our God. He will lead us to his very house where we will enjoy his hospitality forever. That's the story. So, what's the opposite of of fears and anxieties and burdens that, that, that complicate the already, already significant challenges of life? How can we tell a story that's more accurate, that, that ends the way Scripture identifies the ending that is in store for all of us? So with, 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 that, with that, 
What's, where are we headed? What's the destination? Think with me if you would. What, what are words that have been spoken to you in scripture that have somehow lightened the load of, of the, the intensity of life? Think about that with me. And, and I will, I'll, go through, I'll go through a list of things that I've considered in my own life that have been, it's been helpful to me at different times. But the list is certainly not exhaustive. The nice thing about what God says to, to people who are overwhelmed in life is more and more and more and more. So this is just a little, little sampling of it, if you will. <sighs> Keep gathering attractive words. Keep gathering attractive, beautiful words that do not seem trite, that are arresting in some way. For example... Take old stories and, and infuse them with, with, with clear biblical realities. See them a bit more clearly. Uh, one of the stories in scripture that has become more attractive for me, has been very helpful, is the, the Luke 12 and the Matthew 6 passage. This Lord taking a walk with us. But see, there, there, there are other depths to this. And the, the depth is especially given away when you get to the end. And it says... Don't worry about tomorrow. Essentially, because the Lord will worry about tomorrow. Consider today. Consider today and the grace that you've been given today. When, when Scripture talks about today and tomorrow, for a Jewish ear, the, the story of manna in the Old Testament is, is very clearly in view. You got manna for today. Don't worry about tomorrow. He'll give you the manna when, when you need it. So you can use either word. You have all the grace that you need for today. But you don't have all the grace you need for tomorrow. So if you start thinking about tomorrow, you're going to be freaking out because you don't have the grace to deal with tomorrow yet. Or you, uh, you wake up in the morning and you heard about this manna thing. You're freaking out. You, you go right out immediately and there it is. As, as promised. And, and then the evening comes, the manna is, is no longer there. You start freaking out because, because what about tomorrow? You wake up in the morning, there it is. And, and, and you know, the next night, you know what's going to happen? You might not be freaked out quite as much. It's because you're thinking it might be there tomorrow, and it is. And then year after year after year where, where you are given the manna that you need for today but not for tomorrow it's a brilliant system isn't it because if you filled your silo with grace and manna and you had enough, enough for the next year what do you do you, there's no, you go your merry way and you come back and pray and you speak to your God and you practice being a child in another year <laughs> what a wretched system <laughs> but our system is such that he, he wants us to grow as children. And so he doesn't give, an, give us manna for tomorrow today. He just gives us the grace that we need for today. See if I can illustrate this. Try to stay with me with, with this for a second. So, this is accumulating more depth, more attractive words from, from a story that we're familiar with. So I'm thinking about this, and, and I encounter one of my fears that makes life feel overwhelming to me. Uh, I, 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 I'm a good swimmer, but, but one, of the, one of the problems I've had, is I've, I've been in near-drowning situations since I like water. I've been in near-drowning situations a number of times, and I don't like it. And people who talk about drowning, how it's, it's all relaxing and everything... They're lying. I don't think that's true at all. I think it's, I think it's utter misery. And, and so there was this, my wife and I were watching a little movie, and there was a horrible drowning scene. And I am, it was in the middle of winter, and I was just one sweaty mess of anxiety. Uh, and no doubt, that night I was going to be haunted by all kinds of nightmares. And how can, how can these attractive words begin to speak to my own soul? Uh, it goes like this. You have all the grace you need for today. Today, I am not drowning. Uh, 
I have grace for other things today. I have grace to consider these things together. Hopefully I'll have grace to call my wife when I, <laughs> when I get back to my room. I don't have grace to drown right now. So if I try to envision drowning, I will not envision a very fine story. Because I have not been given the manna for, for that particular day, if indeed I would be called to it. Here's the reality. If, if indeed, you know, it would be nice if the scripture said, don't worry, you won't drown. Uh, or you won't have cancer, or whatever your fear might be. Uh, it would be, be nice that if there was some kind of promise like that, but... but but there's something, what, what scripture offers is, if indeed you have to go through those turbulent waters, I will be with you and I will give you all the grace that you need at that particular time. You will have the manna that will satisfy you for that particular day. You know, per- perhaps we can even look at it in our own lives. How many times have you dreaded the day that was in front of you? Utterly dreaded. And, and how many times have you said, there's no way that I can do the things that are in front of me? And you were alive at the end of the day. And, and maybe it was worse than you imagined. Maybe it was easier than you imagined. But you were given the manna that you needed. And you didn't even recognize it. You were given, you're, you're given all the grace that you needed. One of the things we do is... is is since our God really enjoys speaking to overwhelmed people, he says, things, he says a lot of different things. And so we accumulate, we keep track of, of these, these beautiful words. And, and, and by the way, these beautiful words, they are not some kind of system that if we do this and this and this and this, then the anxieties will dissipate. The, that's the way the world works. The world tries to find some sort of system to distract ourselves from our anxieties. Or, but, but what we know is, is our anxieties, they're looking for the right person. The burdens are looking, we know there is no such, all a system can do is just distract us from, from the burdens that we carry. For every anxious person, every overwhelmed person, is looking for just the right person who can help. We know such a thing. We know those deeper realities under everyone's burdens. So the stories that we're seeking to accumulate, the attraction is somehow it, it helps us to see the beauty of Jesus Christ a bit more. It encourages our faith. We... It encourages our hope. We begin to tell slightly different stories. Anxieties and being overwhelmed becomes that opportunity where we will see that we are given the manna and the grace that we need for the day that will be ahead. So there's all kinds of stuff in Scripture we keep accumulating. The deal is it has to be really good. It has to sound really attractive. Can't seem trite or canned or formulaic. Has to, has to sound like the words of life that they truly are. So, it's one. Second, these are no, not in any particular order. How's your conscience? How's your conscience? I, sometimes for me, I, uh, there, there are two versions of that. One is, how's my conscience? It's fine. In other words, if you knew stuff that was going on in my life, it's, it's, it's okay. It's, I, I'm, I'm not trying to hide. I'm, it doesn't, doesn't mean I don't sin, obviously. But it, it means that um, I, I'm not just trying to hide them before God or man. But then, then sometimes I think, what would it be like to be a politician and have people actually investigating all the details of my life? And that, all of a sudden, my conscience becomes a bit more alive and I don't want anybody to see that or that or that or that. And... And what happens? A, a corrupted conscience. Conscience that, that is defiled. A, a conscience that identifies sin that is chronic. And, and we, prefer it rather than, we prefer that rather than turning to Jesus. What's the reality? We are increasingly far from him. We are increasingly alone. 
and the burdens are going to seem overwhelming. A, a friend of mine who, how's your conscience doing? A person who is overwhelmed with burdens. And for some reason, he, he used it as an occasion to confess pornography. And, and that, wasn't, that wasn't the only thing that was going on in his life. But, 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 but the burdens changed for him almost immediately. As, 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 he came, as he came out in the open, and, and, and he opened up this place for the Lord to speak into, rather than trying to keep it hibernetically, hermetically sealed from the Lord. Everything changes as, 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 as he comes, essentially. Lord, I come, I come even with this particular struggle. Consider your conscience. Are there, of course we all sin, are there sins that, that you practice and you're committed that nobody would find such things? You, if, if that's the case, the burdens of life are going to be complicated. The, 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 the busyness of life is going to have accumulated weights because you're going to be going through it by yourself because there are ways you're hiding key features of your life from the one who invites you and the one who comes close. So second thing, what's your conscience have to say? If, it, uh, if it's speaking up, then use it as an occasion to, to, speak, to, to open those things and bring light to dark places. Stick with me. and just What are, what are things that, what are words that you've heard words to you that have been especially fruitful. Here's one. If I'm, if, if I'm going to take one thing from our time this evening, I might end up coming back to this. I might, I'm not sure. The Lord comes to us, and, and, and he comes to us. The character of God is so multifaceted and so diverse and so rich, but there are times where he will... He will communicate himself as, as the, the loving, lowly, humble, gracious, and compassionate and patient God who comes close to us as his people with kindness. And he is God himself, who is the all-powerful God. Sometimes the character of God tends to be, tends to be compressed into, into those two. God is God, and we are not. Psalm 131. My heart is not proud, O Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I don't concern myself with matters too great for me. I'm trying to grow up to be a little kid. I have stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord. Don't put your hope in your own devices. Don't put your hope in chariots or other kingdoms. Put your hope in the Lord as a dependent child, both now and and forever. Let me me tell you um, my side of my my daughter's C-section when she wasn't anesthetized. I was actually going on a trip at that particular time. It was her first. It was our first child, and I had a trip that was planned for perhaps a year before. So there was, so so she is going to the hospital for a C-section. I'm going to an airport. To it, it was it was just the worst of timing. So it was I think it was a seven o'clock surgery that was being prepared for her, uh, and so I would six thirty. I'd call my wife. She's at the hospital. How are things going? Everything's everything's fine. You know, haven't heard anything yet. Seven o'clock. I call. How are things going? Seven thirty. I call. Eight o'clock. And by the way, my, my son-in-law. He's the kind of guy who, as soon as they have the child, he's going to announce it. He's going to call us. He's going to come out. Uh, my my flight was leaving. I think at at nine thirty. At at at, at eight thirty. I call. I'm sure. What's going on? It's it's eight thirty. The surgery was scheduled at seven, and. And all of a sudden, my wife, who never gets alarmed at much, she became very alarmed. And, and there, see, there, was no, there was no clock in the waiting room. And she had, she had no idea what time it was. And it's been an hour and a half. She hasn't heard a thing. And she said, I'll call you as soon as I hear anything. It's 9 o'clock, 9.15, called to get on the plane. I still haven't heard anything. What do I do? Something bad has taken place. 
Something bad has happened. I don't know if there's something wrong with my daughter or something wrong with my, 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 my grandchild, but something bad has happened. Uh, but I didn't... I, I, I made a decision to, to, to go on the plane because I just did, there was nothing I had to go on. And got on the plane and everything, you know, put your cell phones away, and I said, well, kill me, uh, sue me. Uh, and so I'm calling, you know, Sherry, what's going on? And we, haven't, we still haven't heard anything. The, the, jets, the jets start and go away. And, and um trying to find all those attractive passages and I couldn't find any. <laughs> I was trying to cast my burdens on the Lord and they weren't being cast. But God is good and God is great. God is great was, 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 was what was offered to me. God is God and you can trust him. God is God and you, since you're not God, since you're a child, the details of what are to come, you do not have to figure those things out. God is God and it just so happens the God who is God is the one who comes beneath you even as your servant comes next to you as a friend and comes over all creation as as the, the God where everything will move toward him. God is God. And, and um, I could rest. It was, it was just, this, it was just this, this great gift. And um, meanwhile, I was watching all my bars with my phone leaving, planes leaving, you know, leaving the, uh, the airport. And and um, and right before right before the plane took off, I got a call. My wife said, "Lisa's fine and the baby's fine." And and uh, she actually even sent a picture. Uh, and it was the funniest thing. I've never had this experience before in my life. I I don't know, I don't know what I sounded like, but I broke down. With such intense emotion, I, I, I don't. It must have been the most horrible sounding noise ever, and and then I just had these uncontrollable sobs. Meanwhile, the guy sitting next to me saying, "I'm going to have a lunatic for the next three and a half hours in this plane," and uh, but it was it was in, interesting. The you know the, the the intensity mounting up, talking about just all these weights and and they'd been taken off. It was it was it, physiologically it was a funny response, um, but I was so grateful. I was so grateful that that instead of instead of finding rest because everybody was fine, the Lord gave me this great gift where I could find rest because He was God and I was not. Psalm 131. And, and by the way, the, 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 this 1 Peter chapter 5 image, casting all our cares on him, because you know, life is hard enough today without accumulating all these other anxieties, casting our care on him. And the way the, the passage begins is actually we're in the middle of a verse. It says, humble yourself before the Lord. And the way you're going to humble yourself before the Lord is you're going to be like a little child and say, I can't do these things. These, these, these are yours. You are God. So this seems to get at the very heart of the, of the, uh, the, the, the image that is behind what we're doing. God is God, and, and we can, can trust him. It's been a great gift. Let's keep going, though. It's, it, what we're looking for is we'll just, we'll just keep going uh, until some of you start falling asleep or, or our time is up. Uh, and, and when we end, we'll be dot to dot. In other words, and there's all kinds of other things we could say after this, so, which, which is, is sort of hopeful. Let's do this. Because God is with us, it frees us to be able to look a little bit more carefully perhaps at some specific fears. For example, sometimes the, the load that, that, that overwhelms our busyness could be concerns about, concerns about your reputation. What's going to happen if you, 
if you misstep, if you make the wrong decision, what's going to happen if you fail and, and other people find out? We'll talk about that a little bit more tomorrow morning. But here's one. Um, the, so many of our specific fears tend to aim for death itself. There is, a, there is a fear of death probably more than we realize in our soul. For example, fears before we die, fears after we die. I won't ask for a show of hands, but, but, but I wonder how many of us have as, as one of the burdens on life the fears about the way we might die because we've seen people die perhaps and, and there are some ways to die that we would prefer. We, you know, we, we'd prefer to die in our sleep. And, and you know, right in the midst of a good night's sleep. Uh, we would prefer not to die after, after a year or two or three or, or ten of, of cancer that, that eats away. And you know, all the pain that, that goes with that. There's no promise that says... These things won't take place. But, but there's a promise that does this. Let's go, let's go back to one of the earlier attractive passages. If indeed he calls us through dark places of dementia or cancer or, 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 other, other, or this, this, this valley of the shadow of death that, that, that as we imagine it now it is filled with fear, he will be with us. And there will be manna for that day. And just for that day. Not for the next day, but for that day. Which, which, which changes. It, 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 when that sinks in, it begins to change us a bit. It begins, that kind of hope leads us to wonder, I wonder what it's going to be like to have that kind of grace. Can't imagine it. What it's going to be like to have that kind of grace, to somehow be able to, to, to rest in Jesus, to grow in Jesus, even if the thing that I fear overtakes me. So, consider specific fears. When in doubt, consider your fears of death, how you might die. Manna is, is one of the ways that, that Scripture counters that particular fear. Here's another fear, though. Uh, a fear after you die. I used to ask my wife, uh, why did you marry me? I respect you in all other ways, but I don't respect you for that because I, just, I wouldn't marry somebody like myself. It, it, it's, you have bad taste and you made a bad decision. And, and I would ask her that probably every year. And you know, she'd probably, you know, after a while, she'd say, yeah, it's good, you're nice and do you do this, blah, 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 blah. It was never very persuasive. Uh, and, and, she, and finally she said, would you stop bugging me with this? Look, I love you, all right? Now stop it. And so that's, I like that answer. Uh, in other words, it wasn't because of things that I had done. Uh, because if she said things that I'd done, because, because you love me well. I'm thinking, well, what if I don't, what, what about the days I don't love you well? Or what if I'm not capable of loving you well? Then what happens? And Finally, she said, look, I love you because, this is going to sound a little bit Old Testament-ish. You know, the question is to the Lord, why do you love your people? Basically, he says, I love you because I love you. That's why I love you. I love you not because you're the biggest and the brightest and the best. I love you because I love you. That's, that's his answer. Well, um, I... I, I I know some of my failures and I see some of my sins. And the idea of seeing the Lord face to face and him knowing them more clearly than myself, sometimes, sometimes it doesn't make it a very hopeful story. And if, 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 if you share that, you have to do something. You have to do something because that, that will be a weight that stands on the busyness of life and will make life overwhelming in and of itself. You've got to do something. If, if you're concerned about seeing Jesus face to face, what do you do? Well, let's go back to manna. When in doubt, we might as well try it again. 
Here's the manna that you'll receive. And we actually, we heard it this evening. First John chapter 3. When you see him, you will be like him. You'll be like him. You, you will be without sin. And, and, and you will, and, 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 and whatever his judgments are, you will be in sync with them. Uh, but what will, what, will, what will overwhelm it all is you will see the lover of your soul face to face. That is the tone of, of when we see Jesus. And we will see him without the angst, without, without the mythology that we bring to our understanding of Christ. We will see him as he truly is. That is the wondrous grace that will be given. My, my point is that take a look at specific fears and, and, and see and, and how do you jettison them? Well, sometimes manna will, will be one of the gifts for you. One other. Talk to the Lord. Talk to him. I had an anxiety attack um, a few years ago. The details of it, if we have time, maybe tomorrow I'll, I'll say something about it. Um, I, there, were, there were precursors to it. It was, it, was like a, it was like an earthquake. And, you know, there were tremors that happened for a few months. And then the big one came. And the big one came in the middle of the night. And it was, it was this overwhelming panic attack. I knew there was no sleeping. I got out of bed and just sat in the middle of our living room for... Until, until it was daybreak. And, and during that time, the encouragement was that I began to try to go through all these attractive words in Scripture. In fact, that none of them had any meaning at all. That was, that was somewhat secondary. I was, I, was, I was encouraged that I was able to at least begin to go through them. What I was looking for was Scripture that would rescue me, that would somehow take the edge of the intensity of this panic attack that just seemed like it had no end. And, and um, the, you know, the next day, when my wife got up, she said, what happened? And, and she said, she, I said, I had this panic attack. Why didn't you wake me up? And I said, my first, my first comment was, why, would, why should both of us be miserable? Uh, at, least, at least you can have a night's sleep. But no, by the time I finished saying it, I thought, you know, that's, that wouldn't have been a bad idea. <laughs> to, to have someone would be close, I could simply talk with. And, and, and that, that particular analogy, it, it moved me back to the very heart of who we are. It's, there's some, our obedience serves the purpose of intimacy. And, 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 and a primary way we do intimacy with our God is we speak with him. And that's what, that's what the Psalms are. The Psalms are, this is what you do in God's house. He speaks to you and you speak back to him. And you speak to him and he speaks to you back and forth, back and forth. And there's so many psalms. And by the time you get to the end of the Psalter, you begin to get the knack of it and you know how to talk to your God. And the one thing I did not do was I did not talk to the Lord. I cried out for help, but there wasn't anything, Lord, I don't know what's going on. I feel like a spiritual midget. I... I feel like I'm going to die, and, and I would like to have a certain delight in that, but I don't. Uh, I don't want to die this way. It, 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 what is it? It's just talking. There are, there, there, there are some psalms that have no request in them whatsoever. You simply are talking as you do with a friend. Some of your best conversations with your friends, it's... You're sharing your heart. And the person, who hear, the person who, hear, who receives that is simply moved by what you say. They, they're not giving answers. They're, you know, they're just there and they are moved. That's, that's life at its, at its most human. Anxiety and these burdens, they, 
They beg to be removed. And so maybe we look for pills to remove them. Well, if we want to be more spiritual, maybe we do pills and we use some scripture verses. But there are, there are ways that we can use scripture verses as another pill, as, as a system to try to dislodge these things that oppress our lives. And, and I found in my own life to speak, simply speak to the Lord the things that are on my heart. It's been a hard thing to learn. But this gets us into the very heart of our humanity. It gets us to the very heart of, of our destiny. To, instead of using scripture to solve your problems, allow scripture to guide you in, in speaking openly from your very heart to your father. The Psalms, so many of the Psalms can be summarized by the Lord saying, I've spoken to you from my heart. Now you speak to me from your heart. What are the best things in your life? What are your hopes and dreams? What are the things that are hardest? What are the things that seem so overwhelming you're scared to wake up in the morning? Those are, those are some of the questions that, that lie behind individual psalms. Lord, inviting us, speak of your anxieties. Speak of these weights. Just speak of them. That's what friends do. Even though he's the God who knows our hearts before we're able to articulate a thing, he, for some reason, he values words. He values us putting our hearts into speech. And another way to look at the Psalms is there, is it like this? Sometimes it's hard to put words on the things that we're we're wrestling with. And and the Psalms are, it's priming the pump. Is, Is it like this? Is, is, is it like this? It, the, apparently, us speaking these things to our God is so important to him, he helps us to find words. Heaven is a very talkative place. It's a very chatty kingdom. It's, it's a lot of words. Um, and, and the words are not always requests for help. It's, it's my grandson who who uh, sometimes I get up earlier, I try to get up earlier than that, I try to sneak down to a place where I can do, uh, amid the rubble in our house and do a little bit of work. And, and he's sort of got the idea. And, and so he comes down in the morning, he just sits on my lap, he doesn't ask for a nickel, he, he doesn't, doesn't ask for me to read a book, he just wants to sit on my lap and talk. That's all he wants to do. And... And those are the best times of the day. <laughs> Analogously, in my relationship with my wife, the, it's, the best times are simply sharing the good things, the hard things, the best things, the troubling things. Talk to the Lord. Speak of your burdens to the God who hears. Dot, da, dot, da, dot, da, dot. And on and on and on. One other thing. Weakness is the new strength. Weakness is the new strength. If you feel weak, this is especially relevant to men. Weakness is the new strength. Weakness is, women seem to be a little bit ahead of us in, in aspiring to weakness. For men, it still is something that we, we avoid. Weakness is the new strength. We t- here's another story. A friend of mine who had a panic attack and a guy who lived with burdens all his life, and as he got older, they began to emerge in, in, in one panic attack after another. How does this sound? Had a panic attack, and this is the way a lot of panic attacks happen. They happen when things are just grand. So, so he was with a group of friends, having the, it was like a heavenly banquet. They, 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 they got together, and they were going out to this lovely restaurant that they all loved. So it was the best of friends, at a private table, everybody could talk with each other as one conversation rather than all kinds of mini-conversations. It couldn't have been any better. 
And in the midst of that, he has this panic attack. And the first thing you do in a panic attack, you have to leave. You have to go somewhere. You don't know where you're going to go. But he immediately got up and left. And I think he started vomiting. And he said, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. What do you think of that story? He thought it was a total embarrassment. He thought... After this many years of walking with Jesus, I end up, I end up being filled with fear. Yeah. What Scripture does is this. It, 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 it assumes that we will have fears and anxieties and burdens. When I am afraid, when, it will happen. When I am afraid, when I am burdened, I will trust in you. I will turn to you rather than turn to my own devices. So, so this particular man... He was telling me this story with great embarrassment and humiliation. He was, an elder, he was an elder in the church. But if you have eyes to see, what you say is, when I get older, I want to be like you. Because, because in the midst of life that was overwhelming, your instinct immediately was, Jesus, help. Is there anything more beautiful more fully human than that. And the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul, it seems like it took him a moment to get the knack of this himself. It seems as though there was a sense where now that I have the risen Christ, it is going to feel like strength and power that comes from heaven itself. And so when he had the thorn in the flesh, it was a bit mystifying to him. Until finally he was taken into the farther reaches of the cross where he was crucified in weakness and he was raised in power. And, oh, this is the new Christian life. This is the new life of power. It will feel weak. It will feel weak. It won't feel strong. And, and Paul says the beauty of that is that we no longer rely on ourselves. And that's the most unhuman thing the most animalistic thing that we could possibly do to be for people created to rely on their God to be relying on themselves. Weakness is, is something God gives us at times as, as a way to say, Jesus, help. And somehow, we don't know how these things go. Peter talks about how there is this, there is this refining process And some things will last the refining process. There will be things that we do day in and day out by faith that somehow enter into eternity itself. They have that kind of longevity. And somehow, a man who in the midst of his his fears and his weaknesses says, Jesus, help. Somehow, that will enter into the heavenlies itself. And it will appear to us is a thing of beauty. So, weakness is the new strength. The Apostle Paul says, bring it on. If weakness is going to demonstrate the strength of God, then, then I am going to remember, I'm going to boast in my weakness. And on, and on, and on. It's these different things that we're identifying. They're they're not pills. They're 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 samples of the things that we hear as we move in this path of faith, where we see more vividly Jesus Christ Himself. They're 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 samples of 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 things that God says to us that as. Is, is somehow we grow in them, the burdens of life begin to dissipate. They're, they're just samples of, of so many things that he says. Meditation rather than the pill. Talking about old scripture together and praying through old scripture together. Let me end with this one passage. This is a slightly longer passage from Peter. But it's, it's to anxious people. <laughs> It's to people who are in dire straits. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. Living hope. 
through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And now, worried about money? You have an inheritance. It can never perish, spoil, or fade. It's kept in heaven for you. Who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is already being revealed. Though you haven't seen him, you love him. Though you haven't seen him, your, your, your glasses are such that, that you do see him and you love him. Even though you do not see him now, you're, in other words, Peter is embedded in that is, it's hard. It's hard to worship a God who you can't see with your eyes. It, it, it does have its challenges, especially in the midst of anxieties when you feel so alone. But here's, here's what we can grow in. Though you don't see him, you love him. Though you don't see him now, you believe in him. And as you, as you continue to grow in this believing him, you're being filled with inexpressible and glorious joy because you are receiving the very goal of your faith, the rescue of your souls and the divine hospitality of the one who wants to come nearer and nearer and nearer. Let me pray. Father, again, I say with my brothers and sisters, who are we that, that you would say so much to us? Would you take one thing and impress it further on our hearts? Would you take one thing and, and that we know and make it our own? Would, would the Spirit plant it in us? in such a way that it, that it grows and flourishes. Your blessings. Your blessings on my weak brothers and sisters. May they know of your great love and your power. In the name of Christ, amen.